My name is Barbara. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, what we have is a disease. It's not a moral issue. We aren't bad people. But that's what we had, and that's what I had 30 years ago was the disease. I still have it. But what Overeaters Anonymous is, is a way, it's a tool, it's a way of life, it's a 12-step program that we can, one day at a time, recover from the disease of compulsive eating. And the disease runs a whole gamut. It starts, my end of the disease was the compulsive overeater, the in the gutter eater. I ate from, I ate trash under the, if it fell, it was mine. First one there, it was mine. I ate off the kids' plates. I lied about food. I did everything. I just ate and ate and ate. And then we have people that um, will eat all of the stuff but will then throw it up, exercise it up, or laxatives, one way or the other, get rid of it, the bulimic. And then and the other end of our disease is the anorexic who refuses to eat food. And I'm not an anorexic, not bulimic. I am the compulsive overeater, but we all have the same disease and the recovery's the same. And this is home. This is absolutely home for us. Um, I heard that the disease was threefold. It was physical, emotional, and spiritual. And for me, and again, this is just for me, the spiritual or the physical aspect of the disease is I was totally 100% hooked on sugar. It was comfort. It was my friend. It was any kind of sugar product you could imagine. That was my friend. And normal people don't react to sugar that way. So there was something physically with me for the sugar. And then there was the, the emotional component of our disease. And that's when I first came here, I was fine. I didn't have anything. I just had that physical aspect. But the emotional thing is when I started eating to stop the feelings, I stopped growing. And so I was this little girl in a big girl's body, this little girl that was um, had this wall around her so you couldn't get in. And um, I didn't grow. And so emotionally, I was an adult. I was 35 years old, but I still had that little girl attitude. That was for me. It, it, everybody is different. Um, and then the spiritual aspect of the disease, for me, I... I had gotten, let go of God long, long ago, just kind of push it to the side because that didn't work. And again, that was a childhood religion. Nothing wrong with the religion. It was a childhood religion. And now I'm an adult, but I'm still thinking as a child. And so I just pushed God out. So when I came to the program, I related to the physical part of the disease. And back then when I came, they had certain food plans that they... Um, talked about, there's gray sheet, there's whatever. Today it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, a food plan is something that you work out with a sponsor that is um, um, something that you know you can do, not because it's a diet, but it's because it's something that you can choose to do one day at a time. Because that's all we have. There isn't anything more. There's just today. Living in the past 
which is something I did a lot. And I can go there again, too. Nobody's perfect. But living in the past, is there's no productivity in that. That's useless. That's guilt and shame and, and whatever. And living in the future, you know, if I knew the life I was going to have today, I would never, ever have imagined it for myself. Because there's a bigger script writer than me. And that, if I stay out of the future, I try to stay out of the future. And I, just for today. And, and some of the things when I first started and um, what I ate, and this is what I chose to do. Um, there's as many different food plans as there are people, and, and that's something you work out with your sponsor. That's between you and your sponsor, you and your doctor, you and your nutritionist. That's, that's up to you. Um, mine for me was three meals a day, nothing in between, no refined sugars, and um, in the beginning, no refined starches and no binge foods. And everybody has their own binge food list. Now, I came in, and something happened to me at that first newcomer's meeting. Um, I felt home. I felt there was hope. And that maybe one day at a time, maybe one day I could do this. And, um, and I found out that I wasn't an I because the very first step, and the very first word in the first step is we. We're no longer alone. No longer alone. We have a home. Um, it says we are powerless over food. And by the time I left that meeting and having heard what everybody at that meeting had to say, I knew I was powerless over food. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, no if, ands, or buts, no nothing. I knew it more than I knew anything ever in my whole life before. And um, one day at a time, the years went by. Um, we admitted we were powerless over food, and there's a second part to that. And our lives had become unmanageable. And that's the first step in recovery. And um, that came from Alcoholics Anonymous. They started that many, many, many years ago. Thank, thank goodness for that. And that's the first step. And there's 12 steps. And each step is worked one after the other. We don't go from 1 to 12 or 1 to 9. or what. We don't do that. But my brain did. But I just had to focus. Today I'm on step one. Today I'm admitting I'm powerless over food. No problem with that, that my life was unmanageable. I had a bit of a problem with that one because everything was fine. I just needed to lose some weight. And that wasn't, that wasn't true. Okay. Um, the second step of the, in the program of recovery is we, admit, um, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And as I said before, my relationship with God was pushed aside at that time. But there is so much power in Overeaters Anonymous. When you sit in a meeting and, and you look at people's faces or you're looking at somebody who's talking, you just there's a glow about them. There's just something about someone who's in recovery that you want it. And it gives you hope that if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. 
And that's what I did in the beginning because that's, that's where I was in the beginning. And through a process of years and, and lots of work on the steps, I did come to believe in a higher power. And today I call that higher power God. And, um, that's, and then will restore us to sanity. Let's see, what's the definition of sanity? Soundness of mind. Now, in most instances, I had soundness of mind. But is it soundness of mind to take your kids to the store and they're this big and buy them ice cream cones that are, they were only nickel then, but three scoops on there and they're that big and I'm not going to have any because I'm on a diet and then follow them around the store. Come here, honey, honey, that's going to, you're going to, it's going to spill on you and eat their stuff and over and over again till it got to be such a pattern that they said when they saw me coming to their plate at the table or in the store, it didn't matter. No, mommy, no, mommy, no. Does that sound as the mind? Mm-mm. Did I just do that once? No, I did it over and over and over and over again. So, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Yeah, I got there. Then the next one is building again. The third step is made a decision to turn your will and your life over to the power of God as you understood and as we understood. That one, the first step, I took that wholeheartedly before I left my first meeting. The second step took a little while, but the third step is something I have to take every single day because I have a very loving God, sense of humor, wonderful God. However, there are things that I think he's not doing right, and so I'll just kind of push him aside or tell him, move over, you're not driving fast enough or something like that. So every day I make a recommitment that I'm making a decision to turn my will and my life over to God. Not just my food, not just my food choices, but my whole life over to God if I understood him. And um, miracles happen. Now, 35 years, I was on every diet there was that it cost anything. Every diet there was, um, and um, I even did the exercise a little bit. Um, I could lose some weight, but it always came on plus some more. And um, there's hope. There's this is the most tremendous thing that has ever happened to me in my life. I didn't want to come here. I got tricked into coming here. But after I left that meeting, my life changed. Did it become perfect? No. All kinds of things happen. And we've got a lot of tools that you can use, and I'll just talk about a couple of them. One's the telephone. And um, some people talk about the telephone being a thousand-pound telephone, picking it up and calling somebody. But um, I had an incident where I was uh, a year, a, a month and a half in Oklahoma with my, uh, my son, daughter-in-law, and three grandchildren. And that's a long time to be with people. And... Um, there was one time that my sewing machine broke down, and boy, I was just getting ready to go into one of those 
little old rages that I used to do. And um, I, I picked up the telephone. I wasn't going to eat, but I was going to pick up an old behavior of I, I could verbally cut your legs off or cut you off at the legs, I'm sorry. And I was getting ready to do that, but I called. And, uh, and I called a bunch of people. And that helped. That telephone calling. If you're hungry, I've had so many people say, I want to eat. I've got this uh, sitting on the counter. I want to eat it. And um, just the act of making that phone call says you really don't want to eat it. And so I'll say, well, can you, do you have a garbage disposal? Can you put it in? And I says, can you turn it on and do it now? And, and you know, it's just, and then wonderful things happen to us too. And we just have, we're just bursting at the seams and we need to talk about that. And so the telephone is just a tremendous, tremendous tool. Meetings are, are a wonderful tool. And the biggest tool that has helped me the most is having a sponsor. Somebody who's worked the steps, has been in the program, and has, is in recovery. Somebody that has something that you, has something that you want. And you ask them to be your sponsor, and then you do what they say. And um, in other words, I became teachable. And that's how it is. When you ask somebody to be your sponsor, you're saying, I'm, I'm willing to be taught. And um, that's about it for me. So uh, are you a speaker for this meeting? Okay. Then if you want to come on up. Since I wasn't officially asked on this thing, I probably shouldn't be on the mic. No, I wasn't either. I wasn't either. volunteer work this morning for two hours at the newcomers tables but you guys didn't show up so I've had to bust my way in here <laughs> but there's just a couple of items that I would like to um, have really meant a lot to me probably over the years you, you've heard a few of the drunkologues and how we eat and how you eat and the crazy stuff we do but I've just been reading some stuff lately. Um, actually, it's from the big book, but it just seems to make it so clear 
there's a statement that said uh, they were talking about alcoholics, but I think it applies to food addicts too. And it's <laughs> what you need to do is sit down and explain to them the nature of the disease. Why do I do these insane things? And um, <clears throat> what I've come to learn is, and this is from my experience as well as seeing it on many other people, is that I, <laughs> I have an allergy. I have an allergy to usually specific foods. I don't break out. I don't, like one friend says, I don't go on night runs to pick up broccoli. <laughs> I don't jump out of bed to sneak downstairs when my husband is asleep so that I can eat some carrot sticks. <laughs> that needed to be clarified for me because an allergy, an allergy I'm thinking of breaking out in hives, getting rashes, turning red, you know, not being able to breathe. Only my allergy manifests itself because literally in the dictionary, <coughs> definition of allergy is, uh, and I can't quote it exact, but it has to do with any kind of a reaction that's not a normal reaction. I have a not normal reaction to certain foods. Once I ingest them, and they're in my system, you better watch out. Because if you're in front of me, you're going to get hit. Because <laughs> I'm going to be in that food. And I'm going to be in that food. And I'm going to be in that food. What the hell is that? What, what, what is that? You know, I, I'm just going to eat a handful of this stuff. Right? Six bags later, you're <laughs> Why did I do that? I'm going on a diet tomorrow. You know, but the insanity of that, but once that craving kicks in, once I ingest that, and you've all heard of the famous first bite, just don't take the first bite, is immediate. Now, if we were sane people, I'm married to a normal guy, you know, if, if something bothers him, then, well, I'm not going to eat that anymore. <laughs> I could say that till I'm blue in the face, and I'm going to be back into it. I don't care what, you know, and I'll be all psyched out. No, 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 this time. Because the problem with me is I also have a mental obsession. I either completely forget, oh, oh yeah, I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I blank it out. I mean, I can remember sitting down and finishing off three plates of Chinese food before I recognized, oh, my God. You actually eat three plates? Well, yeah, I guess I did, but I, I, you know, talk about mental amnesia. And so I'm I'm not a normal person in that respect, except I'm so damn normal. I function. I do all kinds of things. It's not like we're a bunch of idiots running around here. In fact, that's what's so demeaning about this. I remember saying to someone. <laughs> How can you, you know, do this, do the other thing, you know, have all these things going and and so work it all out and a bag of donuts can bring you down to the floor and you're just a heap of, Ew, why did I do that, you know? 
I love the fact that that, you know, over and over began, oh, this must be the disease factor. Because, you know, if it was my intelligence, I'm intelligent, you're intelligent. I mean, we probably in this room, we have more knowledge and information about nutrition and food. <laughs> I mean, we could fill the world, you know, we could tell people how it's supposed to be done. See, the only problem is, I just didn't have the power to do it. This is, this is where my friend always says, I needed the, I, I lacked the much needed power. In other words, if it was, you know, if I could do it, I wouldn't be standing up here 17 years into a program saying, I'll be here for the rest of my life because I know how I am around food. You know, I would have just done it. In fact, I did it because I was a yo-yo. See, I didn't, I never got morbidly obese. I never put on 100 pounds, 50, 60, yes. And then diet. The end of a diet was, of course, to go right back to eating the way I was eating. Was there something wrong with that? <laughs> I mean, it seemed perfectly logical. Because in my day, you know, it was the big hamburgers, shake, and french fries. And that would usually be my meal coming off of a diet. <laughs> Did I ever think that anything was strange in that picture? No. I never even, you know. That wasn't strange. That was just, I lost the weight. You know, so this insanity, and I heard a description of insanity, because we think of the insane things we do once we binge, or binging, you know, all that. You know, oh God, how insane. You wake up. No, the insanity of thinking that I can go there. You know, <laughs> Over and over and over again, I'd have these same eating patterns. Or I would diet down so that I could get back to the good food. You know, and never, never in my wildest dreams was it clear to me, that's nuts. Can't you see? There's things you can't, you aren't normal in that area. You can't do that. I do remember someone over the years, because I've sat in these rooms long enough to hear lots of things, that said, we have the broken switch. You know, we these normal people, it, it's, it's automatic. Now, see, I have no addiction or even big plug on, on alcohol. I would not think of, oh my God, it was such an awful day, I've got to go into this bar and get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like, are you nuts? How, how insane is that? You know, but if it was, I need something to eat. I'm just, oh, I'm so harassed. You, you know, give me this, that, and the other thing. I'll, and I, I will feel much better. I always do feel much better. You know, like, oh, oh, you mean, oh. Yeah, you know. So there's a lot of having to wake up. As a newcomer, oh my goodness. Well, if I admit, which eventually you do if you go there enough and you get sick of it enough, you know, there's something wrong with me. Usually by that time we become newcomers. You know, I, I came in with a friend. I mean, and we had done everything except I didn't do Weight Watchers because it cost money. 
I mean, I didn't do Jenny Craig, but I mean, I did all the free stuff and the grapefruit diet and the moon diet and this diet and, you know. <laughs> but it did, it, you know, and this was going to be another one. This was going to be another trial of finding something that worked. And somebody said, oh, well, one of our mutual friends, oh, she went to a 12 step. Oh, yeah, I got a son that does drugs. I know, I know what the 12 step is. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's when it finally clicked. And when, <laughs> when I got in here, and I did have, I had a relationship with God. It was very bad. Very bad. I was, I was very pissed. <laughs> and uh, so, but that's a whole other down the road thing. Please don't be scared. Of the, of the term G-O-D, good orderly direction, however you need to name that, okay? Because first it's, it's just, I need to get some sanity around this food. But recognizing that this is a disease, you know, somehow I have an obsession of the mind. And it, it didn't connect if it was logical. Because believe me, I'm one of those that thinks self-knowledge I'll get it. And when I get it, then I won't have this thing. If I, I'll, I'll just get it. I'll just stay here until I get it. And it'll all click in and I'll be able to say it. And I'll be able to line the words all right up. And, and when I get it, then I won't, then I won't have this disease. Because I'll understand myself. If you ever read the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, a lot of these guys did the very same thing. They got it. Oh, yeah, I got it now. I haven't drunk for quite a while, and I got it. Well, you know, they're back on their faces. I was back on my face, you know. So you're right what Barbara said about listening to direction. You know, I had to come in here and, and be demoralized. Okay, I must be one of those people. <laughs> there are people who come in here, maybe you, who think, oh, God, these are a bunch of lunatics. Or losers or whatever, I can get out of here. I was not one of those. I mean, I was beat by the time I did get here, and I said, I think I found my place. I never left. My friend left, weighs 325, and is on on at least six different medications between, uh, you know, the blood pressure, the the, the sugar, blood sugar, the, the heart. The not being able to breathe, the knee's gone, and the, you know, so I always remind myself, because we were binge buddies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God, for helping me stay in this place until I got it. And um, I want to encourage you to stay. If You know, I want to encourage you that there's sponsors out there, and what you look for is someone who's got what you want. And you look around, take your time. Keep going to meetings. In fact, the suggested it's the suggested plan is try six or seven different meetings. Because some of them will freak you out, some of them you'll just go and some of and some place you'll sit down and you go, Oh, this is home. Oh yeah. And begin getting to know people and you will find your place and you'll find a way to live because this is a life changer. It's a, a cute little slogan that says, I, I came in for vanity and I stayed for sanity. You know, vanity at 65 is like out the door. <laughs> but the point is, 
I wouldn't change these 17 years for anything. And it's about the food, but it's much deeper. It, it, it is how I handle life. And, well, my life sucks, so i got to have all this food. Except that because I keep doing all this food and this insane behavior, my life sucks. It's kind of a very, very, very vicious cycle. So this program is tougher, and yet it is so much deeper. But this is life-changing. This isn't just a diet. This isn't just uh, the end of a diet is another demoralized, gaining maybe 50 more pounds than I had the last diet I went on. This will absolutely change your life. This you will find people in here who are friends for life. You will find a safe place to unload some of the things that are way under under those cookies and donuts and crap and, and frustrations and fears and anxieties and terrors and oh my God. You know, and in this place um, hopefully you will find your home and you'll get what you need. Okay? Thank you for letting me share. <laughs> I got my frustrations out about talking to a newcomer. <laughs> now, um, now we'll have three-minute shares, and please limit your shares to three minutes and stick to the topic. Well, make your own. <laughs> okay, who would like to go first? Okay. Oops. Okay. So, when we ready? Mm -hmm. Hi, my name is Tina, and I'm a recovering compulsive eater. Hi, Tina. I am so such a grateful compulsive overeater right now. Many of you may know that I lost my purse. I thought I'd I thought I'd been taken out of the bathroom. Turns out I didn't leave it in the bathroom. But before I found that out. I had been around telling everybody about how terrible it was. I'd been falling apart. Friends in the program, they passed the word, and they were looking for it. I'd been to security. People were bringing, uh, and then other people were bringing in other people, manager of the hotel and all this other stuff. And it was a woman at the newcomer table who said, are you sure you left it there? She said, I just keep thinking you left it in the boutique. And uh, in a box or something. And I thought, well, I don't. She said, well, I think you got to look. And I said, you want to go look? And I said, no, because I needed to call my credit card company. So I'm online talking to the credit card company. It gave me something to do. To be quite honest with you, I was finally able to let go of it because I was busy talking to the credit card company. And the young lady was, was going to put a hold on my card. And just then... People come walking, they would come down the hall going, and they found my purse. And one of them made this longer so I would wear it around my neck instead of as a fanny pack. Uh, now, before OA, 
and even when I was gone for several years. This would have been a good time to eat everything in sight, blame everybody in the world, and the reality is, I hate to say this, I'm very sheepish about saying the fact that I made a mistake. It was actually right exactly where I had put it, except that that wasn't where I remembered putting it. And I can admit that today. You know, I'm not trying to find an excuse for that. The reality is, that's what happened. And imagine that. I forgot. Now, I must tell you, I've had a bad memory since... My, my son tells me I had a bad memory when he was two, and he's 36. So, um, I keep saying it's because I'm 62 now, which if you take six and two, it's eight. So, I'm actually only eight. Um, <laughs> I like that idea. Um, and... I came into OA the first time in 1980 and the second time eight years ago, May 1st. My second, first time when my top weight was 323 and a half, the second time it was 347 was my top weight. I am at a happy, I'm at a normal body weight to be quite honest with you. I've been an anorexic and a bulimic as well. And am I really happy with my weight? I like to say yes. I would be lying most of the time, but I would like to say yes. I know that I like the idea when uh, that I can find, I can actually walk into a regular store and buy clothes. But I also like the idea that I was able to let just stop and let people hug around me, and we prayed about it to our higher, to my higher power, and it doesn't matter what that, what you call that, um, and that. My food plan is my food plan. I don't have to explain that to anybody. I don't have to make excuses for it. And my absence is my absence, and the two are different. A food plan is the way you eat your meals, you know, both meals and stuff throughout the day, whether they're, whether you have seven meals a day or three meals a day and nothing in between or three in snacks. You have, you find out what's in health, healthy for you and what works. My absence includes uh, not just certain foods. My absence actually includes things like, I can't eat unless I'm awake. Now, that sounds funny, but the reality is, I can't eat unless I'm awake means that when I first get up in the morning, I have to have prayed, and actually there's this thing across from my bed that says, Good morning, Gina. This is God. I'm in charge of your life today. I will not be needing your help. And... I, bad mornings, I know, is when I get up and I say, Good morning, Gina. I'm in, and Good morning, God. I'm in charge today. <laughs> and then I know I've got, I've got a real rough road ahead of me on that day. Um, so, for today, Good morning, Gina. This is God, and I'm in charge of your life today. And I tended to forget that. And I've been so hell-bent um, on... Um, being such a, having a great newcomer table and all this and committee that I was trying to be in charge of it all. And finally, the chair came to me a little while ago and said, I haven't seen you at any of the meetings or anything. What have you been doing? Have you gone up to do anything? And I said, just, and I was, at that time, and it was my purse was missing and I was crying. So we totally forgot about that. And I mentioned that after I found it to somebody and they said, well, no, you were, you had, volunteers and stuff, you were supposed to actually do a few other things too. And it was like, 
What a concept. I was supposed to delegate. Now, I'm not used to, I'm just learning to do that, and it's not the easiest thing in the world, because I would delegate and I would leave him, and I always felt so bad and guilty that I'd left the table. My name is Gina. I'm a recovering compulsive eater, and I say that I'm recovering, and I want you guys to know that, that that means that I do have a higher power, and sometimes it's God, sometimes it's goddess, and sometimes it's F-U. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I got that from an old sponsor. Uh, it doesn't matter. I've discovered it doesn't really matter. The great spirit's always with us. Um, and I read literature on occasion. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I make phone calls, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I write, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I do um, as much of a 10-step as I can do, and I really work at making amends quickly because I don't want to have to go back to somebody afterwards. And, and the idea of having to go back and say I'm sorry to somebody really scares us crap out of me. I don't like it. I feel embarrassed. So I do it as quickly as possible, like right then. And thank you. That's all I've got. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. No, I'm... Okay. Oh. Anyway, let's wait. Okay. Anyway, so for today, phone calls are important. Getting a sponsor. My sponsor is one of my best friends. At the same time, she's also, we'll talk about things, and I'll say, I'll mention something, and she'll go, have you done any writing on that? And I'll go, well, no. <laughs> she said, well, how would you like to do that and read it to me tomorrow? Okay. <laughs> and sometimes I do it, and sometimes I don't. <laughs> I can't, I am, I can't, defiance is one of my key factors in my program, in my life. And I have to remember to make amends to myself for that one. So, I am an imperfect, compulsive, recovering, compulsive feeder. And you know what? It's okay. My higher power loves me the way I am. And I do abstain from sugar and alcohol and uh, eating when I'm asleep are not quite awake and uh, eating with people that make me want to eat more because there are, such, there are people in my life that are toxic to me and eating in restaurants that are like that for me and eating, um, there are certain things. I mean, it isn't just the food. I know I don't do sugar and alcohol. I know I do not do um, things like uh Desserts. I try to stay away from much, as much sugar-free stuff as I can because I got up to 347 pounds eating sugar-free things. Uh, you know, actually, if you read them, it says right there, serving size, and you may have gotten this big a thing, but you're only supposed to have this kind of, you know, about that size, and that was the calorie count. Well, when I saw that calorie count, I just ate the whole thing. But I would eat two or three of them. And uh, so, and it says right there that these have calories and you need to be, you know, and they're not, a, and it's like, oh, well, you know, at 347 pounds, I came back to OA and you know what I discovered? 
They were right. That packaging was right. They didn't lie. So thank you very much. Barbara, compulsive overeater. Does anybody want to answer that? Here, come on. Come on. I'm going to answer that camera. Compulsive overeater. Hi, Rebecca. I don't want to wear the thing that I will. Okay. Um, we were just we were talking about that. Um, I can't remember the group that I was with um, over lunch, and I was thinking that that's one of the things that I hated is. Um, like now, since I've been in the program, I've been in the program since last June sometime. And, but I still consider myself a newcomer. And I'm going through all the different, uh, like, you're like certain things you were saying. Like, I, sometimes I call and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I write and sometimes I don't. And, um, uh, anyway, I, I was talking about the frustrations about now, you know, I'm trying to get my family into, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do three meals a day and, um, you know, I'm going to, between those three meals, you know, depending on the day, sometimes I'm just starving, like if I'm more active one day than another. So, okay, I'm, I've allowed myself to have like a snack in between those, between the three meals. But, so when it's coming up to the third meal and, you know, let's say it's five o'clock and I'm home, well, where's the family? You know, it's time to eat. And I get so like mad and like create, I just get, I get frustrated and I haven't determined like, I'm just wishing, I want, like, the release from that feeling of freaking out because my meal hasn't come on time, you know, or that, so I'm waiting for everybody else, and I'm frustrated because I know, I don't, you know, you know, I know other people will be like, well, then just have a snack, you know, have a snack while you're waiting. I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't have that snack before I'm waiting, you don't understand, because then if I, I have that snack and I'm just going to just overindulge in that snack, which will end up turning like into a meal, and then come mealtime, well, I'm really mad because I haven't had my meal yet, so then I'm going to have to have the meal, regardless if I've had a snack that turned into a meal. So it's all like, you know, messed up in the head, and that stuff drives me crazy. Because so now, because of this program, I mean, it's been a good thing that I, you know, uh, I have to be conscious of my meals, but now, you know, it's kind of, that comes to the, the point of, okay, what, am I going crazy over the control of that now, too? So that's, that's also a problem. So I, I'm kind of, I'm stuck in that now going, okay, what's the in-between? What can I do so that, well, I'm not freaking out at my, you know, my family members, like my partner, my uh, stepdaughter comes home, and I'm like, hey, we're eating now, right? Like, you guys, you promised, like, you're coming in and you're going to, Take your shoes off and we're eating, right? Because, you know, you should be like, yeah, 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 you know, we're eating. 
And then everyone will go do their own thing. Like someone's on the computer for a little bit, like maybe catching up on some things, or someone's like me, photo. no, you guys don't, we're eating now, you know. So they, you know, they under, I've like shared with them, ever since I've been in the program, I've just opened up like everything. Just like, this is me, this is what I'm doing, and by the way, you know, I've been doing this, 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 this since, you know, you know, so, you know, my partner, I, you know, he's, def- he's been really supportive and things, but he's still just kind of like flabbergasted, like, I didn't know. Like, I had no idea, you know, and I, I really didn't have any idea either. But so, yeah, it's a process, but, but for me, that's definitely a frustrating thing. And I haven't really figured that out yet because, I mean, you know, we were just doing that last week. That's something very fresh. And um, either, because I'm still having a problem with controlling portions, like, usually if I'm doing three meals a day, but maybe, like, my lunchtime meal is, maybe I'm going, okay, I'm going to have smaller portions because, you know, I, I, I want to lose that weight as well. I mean, I want to maintain, I want to do it healthy, but I still know I have a little weight to lose. So I'll go, well, I'll, I'll do a little bit, like, let's say, instead of a whole sandwich with all my other stuff, I'll have half. Well, God, it doesn't last me, because by the time, and that's why I get so angry, like, oh, I can't wait. And I'm like, okay, fine, maybe. It's like being kind, but I still don't, I don't know what the limit is. I don't know. So I'm like, okay, just have the whole sandwich, you know. Just have my fruit and whatever it is that comes with it. And then maybe I won't be so ravenous by the time dinner comes and I won't be so angry. So it's sort of tossing with all these things. It's like, so I know what to eat. I know what's the best thing for me, you know, nutrition, all those kind of things. But it's really a matter of how much and the quantity and when and why and where and then trying to figure it out with everybody else's schedule, right? Because it's like one thing maybe if you if you live alone and then, you know, you follow the set thing. But... If you work, or what if you work late, or, you know, so I have all these little neat things. I've, I've stuffed a whole bag of almonds in my glove compartment, so that's kind of an okay thing. But sometimes, see, I'm into, like, hard and crunchy, but as long as they're not salted, I'm fine. <laughs> they're not salted, so that's fine, which is really weird, you know. I can be, I can be totally abstinent and not want to go and overindulge as long as they're unsalted almonds. You put any sort of salsa flavor or you smoke them, forget it. Right? Like, isn't that nuts? That, I feel like that's crazy. But that's so true. I will eat the whole thing, and there's still almonds, but you altered them a little. So that's the strange thing about the disease. Thank you. I'm done. Would <laughs> anybody else like to share? Well, I'm Barbara, compulsive overeater. And to answer that question, I don't really remember the last time when that real real insanity was there. But I can remember when I first started the three meals a day three hours and forty five minutes I was drooling and I really and I relate to what you're talking about. And then then I'd have my breakfast and then I'd have my lunch and then couldn't wait for dinner and then dinner came and I don't know what miracle happened between dinner and breakfast but it just wasn't there but it was definitely between breakfast and lunch and lunch and dinner but it went away I can't tell you how long it 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 went away because it all had to do with trust that I wouldn't die that I wouldn't break down that I that I would be okay between breakfast and lunch. 
and I didn't have that trust because it was so new to eat moderately than from eating and pigging out all the time. It was so new, and so it just took time to build the trust that I would be okay. So, anybody else like to share? Yes. I'm Phyllis, a uh, compulsive overeater, and um, I'll start with a story that's not my own. I was uh, in a resort, was quite young, uh, quite young meeting. I didn't have my seven children yet, and um, there was a man there, and he looked extraordinarily prosperous, and he had the biggest Cadillac of the lot, most gold chains around his neck, very well-groomed cashmere sweater. And I happened to be in the hot tub with him. This was in Desert Hot Springs. And um, in his robe, he had a slice of bread. And I commented on it. And he said to me, wherever I go, I have some food. I don't care if it's just a slice of bread in my pocket because I'm a concentration camp survivor. And I never want to be anywhere, ever without food and I feel the same way about myself I am not a concentration camp survivor um, I get my, my husband used to call me his snarling darling when it got to be time to eat uh, for me and not for everyone else and wherever I go I have food with me um, today I have a hard-boiled egg and a you know what a tiger bar is? Uh, uh, one of the original kinds of protein bars. I think it's about three years old. It is stale. It is flattened. It is sort of weird around the edges because it's been left in a hot car, you know. But it's in there, and I could eat it if I were starving to death, you know. And uh, and I, I would eat it. I would eat it if I felt I have to. My doctor says I'm, uh, I'm I'm not, but I feel I'm hypoglycemic, and I get lightheaded and dizzy and a little panicky when I'm very very hungry. And um, I love to use program to talk myself out of those non symptoms that you know I'm making up in order to. I, I went into pro- when I first went into program many 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 well several decades ago. Um, I had the concept that I was so happy and felt so fulfilled when I was pregnant. That I mean, after seven kids in our culture, I mean, after all, I'm not Catholic or anything. Um, I liked the concept or the appearance or the feeling, the fullness of pregnancy. And I think that's one of the reasons I like to overeat and appear to myself as if I were about to give life. And I had to, program helped me get that out of my head. But that's the kind of craziness that I experienced. And that's why I'm a newcomer again, um, because things are happening in my life that I know are going to knock me over the edge unless I get some help. And... Um, I know I've gotten help here before, so I come back to the source, and uh, I'm sure it's going to work for me again. Thank you. Thank you.
I don't know. That's just where I am right now. <laughs> That's all. Keep coming back. Because this is where the miracles happen. And and um, just keep coming back. Just keep coming back. So, is it six o'clock? It's six o'clock? Okay. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming and bearing with us. And Dina was to be one of the leaders today. Follow directions, Barbara. Okay. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must you be 